Welcome to Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. My name is Dr. Dan, longtime sports medicine physician with Texas Sport and Spine. Hey, great to have you join us today. If you're just catching the sports medicine show for the very first time, what we do here is we talk about sports entertainment with a sports medicine niche, what kind of what goes on with regards to injuries, recovery time, uh, nutrition, sleep, uh, mental aspects of your game, performance-enhancing drugs, anything you want to talk about here on Docs and Jocks is what we do from a sports medicine standpoint. I am joined each week by my co-host, Ferris Potter. Uh, Ferris is the longtime sports broadcaster for Grand Canyon University. Ferris, thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. We have one of your uh, colleagues coming on the second half of our show. And by the way, we do have two-hour show here on Docs and Jocks. The first hour is brought to you uh, on SB Nation, uh, and you can follow us anytime, anywhere on their podcast as well on SB Nation. But we also have a second hour. If you want to follow that, you can go to our iTunes podcast, Docs and Jocks, D-O-X-N-J-O-X. And you can listen to our second-hour uh, interview with Dr. Sherway. He is a team physician for Ferris's and I. Uh, we both went to Grand Canyon University, and uh, he's going to be talking about his time as a sports medicine physician there and what he does as far as concussion recovery as well as upper extremity throwing injuries. Our first hour we're going to have on our SB Nation NFL sports writer, Adam Stites. Adam's going to be talking everything NFL. Man, if you uh, this week was a great week in the NFL. A lot, of, a lot of great games coming up. A lot of big injuries in the news as always. But if you missed the uh, Baker Mayfield uh, debut, it was something to behold. Was it not, Ferris? It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty yeah. good uh, first first time uh, playing in the NFL for the number one draft pick. Of course, Fer- I can't I can't remember a better one. That of course, Ferris is out in Arizona, so he's waiting for the debut of Josh Rosen out there, and we're going to get Adam Stites uh, his opinion as when that might be with uh, Josh Rosen with uh, Sam Bradford being doing his thing out there, and the uh, Cardinals not looking so bueno right now. But a lot no. of stuff going on no. in, in the injury news. We got uh, you know Adam Luck is or. Uh, 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 Andrew Luck is Adam. Andrew Luck. Luck. I, I always call him Adam too. I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah Andrew seems, Luck. He and uh, Carson Wentz are both going to be playing. I mean, you know, last year there was a while there we didn't know if either one of these guys were going to be playing for a long time. So they're both to be playing against each other this week. All that and more coming up here on Docs and Jocks. As always, we're going to have on our the Edge Mental Strength uh, uh, coach there, Tracy Munton, coming on and giving your Edge Mental Strength uh, minute. All that coming up here on Docs and Jocks. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, uh, Twitter, you name it, Docs and Jocks, D-O-X-N-J-O-X. Great to have you be part of our show. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. Great to have you join us today. Hey, remember, you can follow us on iTunes, Docs and Jocks, D-O-X-N-J-O-X. And also, you can email me your question at DocsandJocks.com, D-O-X-N-J-O-X.com. This is Dr. Dan and Ferris coming to you from inside our Docs, our Docs and Jocks radio studios. Ferris, so let's just jump right into it, man. We had a great game last night uh, on Thursday, that is, on uh watching Baker Mayfield make his debut for the Cleveland Browns and their first victory in over 600 days, man. It's been a long time since the <laughs> Cleveland Browns That's have won. That's crazy. Johnny Manziel was a QB, I think, the last time they won. Tim Couch was the quarterback oh last time they actually were in the NFL playoffs. He uh, looked incredible, in my opinion, as far as coming in. He looked like the number one overall draft pick, as he should look. I know uh, you've got to listen to a little bit of the comment- commentary that today and what do you think about Baker Mayfield? He got to come in because of Tyrod Taylor and injury. We always say there is always a silver lining for somebody when there's an injury, and Tyrod Taylor goes down, third concussion in the last 13 months. So, man, Baker Mayfield took uh, took the opportunity and did well. You know, Doctor Dan, I I, would, I didn't get to watch any of it. I was driving around, uh, but I was listening on the radio, and the way the radio announcers were making yeah. it sound for Westwood One was that the guy like didn't miss, like he was. They, they made it sound like he was like a cross between Aaron Rodgers with his mobility and throwing and keeping plays alive and, like, Tom yeah. Brady with his pinpoint accuracy. And and then he had a great arm, too. He was throwing, like, 20, 30, 40-yard passes to it. It sounded like 
he was legit and a lot for Cleveland fans to be excited about. Well, I did watch it, and it did look that way. I thought for uh, you, those who maybe missed it the first time, we're going to play a short snippet of our Tim Couch interview we had here on Docs and Jocks. We had Tim on uh, just a, a few weeks ago, and he was talking about what he lo- thought of Baker Maysfield. Very similar instances as far as Tim Couch was the number one pick of the uh, Cleveland Browns. He comes yeah. out. There's a lot of hoopla about him. He was, I think, second in the Heisman Trophy candidate uh, that year. So we're going to get Tim Couch, who's now a Cleveland Browns analyst, uh, talking about Baker Mayfield. We're going to play a short clip of that interview right here. Has it been a little trip down memory lane now watching uh, Baker Mayfield with the Cleveland Browns, a number one pick overall, and there's a guy ahead of him, you know, and everybody's saying, when is Baker going to come in and play? Does that take you a little bit back in time when you were in that same situation, number one pick overall for the Cleveland Browns, and uh, when were you going to be playing and when were they going to put you in? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I've been fortunate enough to uh, – the Browns hired me to call their preseason games yeah, this year, so I've been perfect. doing that. Yeah. And, uh, so I've got to be there and watch Baker firsthand and be a part of all that. And uh, it does remind me, you know, it was always, uh, you know, 19 years ago and I was in that same situation where uh, they, Ty Detmer was the quarterback yeah. uh, there at the time. And they were going to – you know, the plan was for me to sit that first year and Ty was going to – you know, Ty was a 10- or 12-year veteran at the time. They were going to let him take the reins and let him go the first year. And then I would come in, you know, in spots, you know, here and there in certain games. But – that went out the window about in the third quarter of the first game, and Coach looked at me and said, you're in, and I started in week two. And, you know, so plans change. You know, I know right now Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter for, for Cleveland. He's a proven veteran in the league. You know, he's made a Pro Bowl. He took Buffalo to the playoffs last year, and he's certainly the right guy for for them right now. But Baker is the future. And, you know, man, I couldn't be more impressed with, with Mayfield and, and uh, just getting a chance to stand on the field with him and watch him work and see how he throws the football and how he commands the huddle and how he rallies guys and his leadership skills. He's the real deal, and uh, they're doing a good job of, of surrounding him with talent. They've got a great wide receiver core and good running backs. They've got one of the highest-paid offensive lines in the in the league. So they're they're putting the pieces in place for Baker to be successful. It's just a matter of uh, you know when they decide to put him in there. Wow, was that ever uh, prognosticating? Uh, re- well, we heard from Tim Couch right there, man. Exactly what he said. He he seemed like a great leader last night. You could almost feel in the stadium there was a change when he came in, man. Like uh, this guy's got it, and he played that way. He was very, uh, he, you know, he's always been animated as at OU where he's a uh, Heisman Trophy winner, but uh, he's always had that about him. And, he, and definitely, I think I believe Tim Crouch, Tim Couch nailed it. That's exactly what Baker Mayfield di- did. He just came in as a leader and looked great. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, a lot of people wondered why he wasn't starting. Like, yeah. I've always liked Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor took uh, the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs and kind of tried to keep him in it against, I think it was Jacksonville, but didn't get a lot of help. So he's a good quarterback. And But I wondered, you know, it's almost like with Josh Rosen in Arizona. If you're going to draft a guy that high, why are you playing Sam Bradford in front of him? Why are you playing Tyrod Taylor in front of, you know, Baker Mayfield? And so to your point, Dr. Dan, the concussion – Gave yeah. uh, Hugh Jackson the opportunity, and now Jackson's coming out saying, "Well, we'll look at the film. Know. We don't what know who we're going to start." Man. I mean, dude, look at on. the film. He won, man. The, the Cleveland Browns haven't won in what six hundred and forty something days, man. I mean, what do you need to look at on film? I mean, just let the dude play. He had a great seventeen for twenty three, two hundred and one yards. Even caught a touchdown pass. I mean, I know that it, there's, there's a, a glamour to a rookie that does well. And he hasn't even played an entire game yet. And there's going to be downsides to his play over the next 12 months. I mean, teams will prep for him better. They'll be ready for him better. So you can't say that it's all going to be roses from here. But, man, talking about a debut, I don't know how you get any better than what he did last night. I don't know what Hugh has to look at any film for. Why don't I just come out and say you want to have your guy be your guy? Yeah, I don't know why I don't know why coaches do that, why, why they do that. They coach hate that speak. question. I mean, yeah. 
part of that too is like, oh, I don't want a guy to lose his job due to an injury stuff, which I think is kind of ridiculous. Like if you lose, if you get hurt and the guy comes in and does better and your team's winning, why would you go back to the other know. guy? Unless you're talking about a Hall of Famer, which you're not with Tyrod Taylor, you know. But one thing that is lost, I mean, the Jets should have won that game. Like they were yeah. just beating the tar out of them. And you're right. Everything changed when Baker came in. He made some, from what they said, he made some really nice throws into coverage. But yep. the Jets also looked really bad defensively. That's enough. So maybe Jackson's like, well, let me look at the film and see how much of it was the Jets being bad enough. But I mean, come on. The fan was engaged, bases engaged. You need that in, in, in Cleveland. You got to play this guy the rest of the way. And I, I would imagine he would. Plus, they've been opening the refrigerators of all the free beer now that they're giving out in Cleveland. There was a refrigerator they weren't going to open up until the Cleveland Browns won. And now they won. There's like beer all over Cleveland. So, yeah, Cleveland's give people free beer in Cleveland. And I'm sure they're happy with no matter who's the quarterback. But they just want that to happen again, is what, they, what they're wanting in Cleveland. Absolutely. Yeah, now they play Oakland, uh, Khalil Mack-less Oakland, and so they're going to be, I think this is a good time for Baker Mayfield to come out and see what he can do against the Oakland Raiders uh, who haven't really lived up to expectations of what they thought uh, Gruden would be able to do out there, and I think a big part of that is losing Khalil Mack. Yeah, the, the defense has been suspect. I mean, Gruden's doing different things. I think the biggest reason for Oakland, I mean, the defense isn't great, but I think the biggest reason is Derek Carr was at an MVP caliber before he got hurt two years ago, right? And now yeah. he's – we're thinking – he hasn't played a meaningful football game in like a year, basically, or whatever. I mean, he right. was out. He missed so much time. So I think I think Carr's good, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. You know, I mean, they should have won that game in uh, in Denver if it hadn't been for our good friend Case Keenum. They should have – Oakland yeah. had that game won, and Case came back and beat him like he always does, you know? Yep. So hopefully he's okay, and he'll play. I know he missed some practice this week with the, with a sore knee or something, but hopefully Case will be back. But you got I mean, look, you got to throw Baker in. He gives you the best chance to win. He gives the best chance to energize your fans. He makes you relevant in the I – mean, when did the last time the Cleveland Browns have been relevant in a positive way in the media? That's all anybody's talking about Johnny this Manziel. entire weekend. Yeah, Johnny Manziel, when he first came up with him, was the last time we were talking about him, not because they were great, but just wanted to see how Johnny Manziel was going to do. Similar to yeah. Baker Mayfield kind of when he first came up, came up. But, yeah, the uh, one thing I did like about Baker Mayfield from an injury standpoint, he gets rid of the ball very, very quickly. Typically a young quarterback, in my opinion, it, the thing they have a hard time with is when they do their first check down, they look at that guy and he's covered, it takes him a long time to get to the second guy in that route. And he was very quick getting rid of the ball, making the decision, which I think bodes well for not having a, a high injury risk. I think the guys who get in trouble are either the runners of the world, the, the Michael Vicks of the world, or – guys that uh, tend to hold on to the ball too long. And he, he got rid of it very, very quickly. They really didn't have a chance to get in and, and sack him. Like Tim Couch talked about, though, the Browns have done something good over the last couple of years. They've spent a lot of money on their offensive line, and that's probably coming to fruition now. There's that fine line, right, between being confident and being arrogant and being cocky and stuff. But you, you want, I mean, you want a little bit of swag from your from your quarterback, and you want that confidence to, like, just trust themselves, that gunslinger mentality. And that's what you're talking about. Like, a lot of these guys, they second guess. And they hold it a second too long. They're not sure about it. And it sounded like he was just firing to his spots, and guys were making some nice catches for him. But um, it sounded like he was putting him in a position to win. And, you know, the other thing, too, Dr. Dan, they did that without without Gordon. They had already they traded Josh Gordon, their, yeah. their best receiver. Yes. He didn't play. So now Jarvis Landry is looking like, you know, an all-pro. 
Yeah. Uh, which he is. Jarvis Landry is a very good receiver, too. But they did it without a great receiver, too. Except for the ball that uh, Baker Mayfield threw perfectly to him and it hit him square in the chest on a pinpoint spiral in the chest. That was the only time Landry didn't look good. But They it, read a stat on the radio about, like, Jarvis Landry like has now the record right behind Antonio Brown for, like, most consecutive games with five catchers or more. Really? Wow. Like, he's a sec. Yeah. I think Antonio Brown, well, who knows if he's even going to play. He didn't show up for practice. He's doing yeah. a He's doing a Le'Veon Bell. But, um, yeah, those two guys have the most consecutive games with five catches. I, I thought Fitzgerald would be up there, but I guess he had, you know, with yeah. the quarterbacks he's got thrown to him. <laughs> yeah, that's still tough. The guy that was cool to see uh, enjoying the game last night was Joe Thomas, the uh, Browns' former left tackle oh. who had, you know, played, I think, 11 years, 10, Hall of Famer. 10 Pro Bowl years, be a Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah. He was there celebrating with them on this down sounds <laughs> day. So pretty cool seeing all that. Hey, when we come back, we'll be talking to SB Nation's NFL sports writer Adam Stites. Don't miss that here on Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. My name is Dr. Dan. My co-host each week is Ferris Potter, the voice of Grand Canyon University, and you're listening to your sports medicine show. Remember, we're, uh, you can listen to us anytime, anywhere by going to our SB Nation podcast on Podcast Arena. Love to have you part of our show that way as well. Hey, Ferris, we are very honored to have online SB Nation's NFL writer, Adam Stites. Adam, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Hey, let's talk a little bit of the big news. Obviously, the, this week we see Baker Mayfield uh, making his debut in Cleveland. That does not happen unless we see Tyrod Taylor uh, leave the game because of his third concussion in 13 months. First of all, before we talk about Baker Mayfield and what you thought about that, tell us about uh, Tyrod Taylor and what you've heard as far as uh, uh, his injury and the concussion protocol he might be going through. Yeah, uh, it, it didn't look too bad, but you, really, you never really know with concussions. But, uh, yes, yeah, right now it's, it's, it's they'll, they'll wait until Wednesday to, to see if he's ready to practice. Um, either way, I don't know that they're going to turn the reins back over to him. So I, I think they can really just take their time with it, and there's no, there's really no need to rush him back. Exactly. Fair show question for Adam. Yeah, Adam. So did you expect Baker Mayfield to play that way in his first uh, appearance <laughs> in the NFL? Uh, I don't, I don't know that anybody could say they really expected it. It was a, uh, I mean, I, I think everybody thought that he'd be able to give a, a spark. You know, that offense was pretty lifeless to that point, but. Uh, to, to turn it all the way around and you know complete 17 and 23 when Tyrod Taylor completed only four of 14, that was a pretty stark contrast. That you no, know, I, I definitely that was he definitely uh, exceeded expectations. We interviewed uh, Tim Couch here on Docs and Jocks a few weeks ago, and one of the things he said that he really liked about Baker Mayfield was his leadership abilities, and I think that shined last night. It seemed like he was back playing for OU, jumping up and down and leading the team to a victory, and it seemed like he really truly has an ability or maybe an it factor, you would call it, to lead a bunch of men and to do uh, great things on a football field. Yeah, definitely. Even even after the game, when he uh, he, he gave a shout-out to Carlos Hyde for his touchdowns and said that he was you know, headed to the hospital and he was congratulating him for that and saying happy birthday, just even like moments like those, it's pretty easy to see why teammates rally around him. Um, it, it was like that at Oklahoma, and, and it, it clearly seems to have, have made a good impact already in Cleveland. Hey, you're based out of uh, Arizona, Adam, and uh, one of the guys that also is in that similar situation making to make, waiting to make his debut is uh, Josh Rosen. When do you think the uh, Cardinals, who've had a little uh, downturn here these first couple games, might uh, lean from San Bradford to uh, Josh Rosen, Rosen making his debut? I, I honestly was a little surprised that it, that it didn't get announced this week. You know, considering how bad they looked offensively last week, you, know, you get shut out. Uh, it just isn't working, and you you have a quarterback that you obviously see as your future. Uh, I was surprised that it, it hasn't happened already, and if it 
takes. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in week four or, or even you know maybe sometime this week weekend if uh, Bradford struggles again. Right, Ferris. Did, did you? I, I'm asking all these questions about what your expectations were. I mean, I'm out here in Phoenix, Arizona, too, and there was, uh, you know, there was talk that it might be as not the team might struggle a bit, you know, but everybody's shocked out here. I mean, are you surprised how bad the Cardinals have looked in their losses? I didn't think the Cardinals were a playoff contender, but yeah, this this is pretty bad. I I, I thought the defense was going to be the, the biggest biggest right. issue, and you know, Sam Bradford didn't look bad last year. I mean, in his time with the Vikings, it was very limited, but he looked very, very good. He opened the season looking like an MVP candidate before the, the knee kind of fell apart. Um, so I, I, I expected him to look good, and then I thought injuries were really the big concern. But, yeah, the offense being so out of sync is, is definitely weird. And, and, you know, David Johnson not being able to get it going, it's, it's definitely not what I – they're much worse than I expected, yes. Hey, talking about non-playoff contenders, the uh, Buffalo Bills have something crazy going on over there. We now see their uh, defensive back, Vontae Davis, who just does a mid-game retirement. I've never seen that ever in my career. Have you ever seen that, uh, Adam, uh, a guy retiring at halftime? No, that's that's definitely a first. Um, I, I don't think I've ever even heard of that <laughs> in you know, college football. Um, that's very, very weird. And he says that it's not because of Buffalo. He said it was just he didn't feel right, but... Somehow I doubt he would do that if he was on a team that was winning by 30 points instead of losing. Yeah, they're saying there's a new word for quitting now. They're going to start calling it Vontaine. That's going around in the uh, social <laughs> media, so pretty crazy. Ferris? Hey, uh, are the Patriots panicking? I know you wrote a little bit about this. Are, are they panicking with this Josh Gordon thing, or is it just like, yeah, why not give it a shot? Because he is electric if he decides he wants to play. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's panic as much as just uh, – they're pushing their chips towards the middle of the table. Uh, Tom Brady's 41. They know this window is closing, and they want to try to squeeze as much out of it as they can. Uh, it's far from the first move at receiver they've made. I mean, I think they've made 30-plus roster moves at receiver this year. And uh, it's kind of a, a, a move that this team has a history of doing. They, they went after a keep to leave when he was considered a character risk. Uh, you know, Randy Moss was another, Albert Hainsworth. Chad Ochocinco, they're, they're willing to roll the dice and, and go after players who maybe have concerns, and they just draw a line in the sand, and they say, this is how it's going to be, and if you don't play within these lines, you know, they, they don't have any problem cutting ties. It really wasn't that expensive of an, of an, of an addition. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it, maybe it's a little bit of desperation just because they're running out of time with Tom Brady, but uh, it's not a, a move that's much different than how they usually act. Yeah. Hey, Adam, one, one other question about a receiver possibly moving out, out in our neck of the woods. Is there any chance Larry Fitzgerald either gets traded or goes somewhere else? I mean, I know it's supposed to be his last year, but, I mean, they don't look like they got a win even in sight anywhere. We, there's not a lot of trades during the season. Is there any chance they do that just to be nice to Larry? Does that ever happen? Do you think that happens at all? Uh, I would be surprised. I, I would love to see it. I, I think it would be cool to see Larry Fitzgerald get one more shot at a, at a ring. Um, right. There's a lot of teams that could use them. You know, the Patriots come to mind. I, I, I'm sure the Patriots would be willing to give up a, a late pick for a, a chance to just add Larry Fitzgerald for the latter half of the year. But I would be surprised. We, we, we did this a lot with Joe Thomas when he was in Cleveland, where it was, right. you know, yeah. they're, he's, they're not doing anything, they're not winning, and he's a, a can help a team, but unless Larry wants to go somewhere else, I don't. I don't think it happens. 
Hey, listen to Docs and Jocks, where you're interviewing an SB Nation's NFL writer, Adam Stites. And Adam, if we ever needed a reminder of why NFL players wear, wear helmets, uh, Taiwan Jones gave us that reminder. He receives 10 stitches uh, to his face after he uh, his helmet came off, and then he took another helmet to the face for a player who tried, trying to tackle him. Very scary moment. It reminds us that the reason we wear helmets uh, in football is because it protects the face and the skull from fractures and not concussions. It was a pretty scary moment for the NFL. Yeah, and somehow he didn't get um, a concussion or yeah. any other kind of more serious injury. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, honestly, in the in the grand scheme, it was pretty fortunate. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a pretty scary moment. I know uh, Sean McDermott, the, the Bills coach, was complaining that the whistle should have blown a little sooner. But I don't know that it, it happened so fast. I don't know that there was it was even avoidable once once that helmet came off and he turned upfield. Um, yeah, that's. That's a, a scary moment. Yeah. Hey, we see two star uh, quarterbacks going to be going at it who have both been uh, injured and uh, making his debut. It looks like is a Carson Wentz for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, coming off of his uh, anterior cruciate ligament injury and uh, lateral collateral ligament injury and uh, also now going up against Andrew Luck, who looks pretty good early in the season after coming off of his uh, rotator cuff repair. But tell us a little bit about where you've heard uh, Carson Wentz is in his rehab and uh, what you think he's going to be able to do this week. I, I was a little surprised that it, it took him until week three just because, you know, at, at this point in time, it seems like uh, players are able to come back from ACL tears very quickly. But he did suffer his in December. Uh, historically, it hasn't stopped quarterbacks from bouncing back and, and looking like, you know, their normal selves. He's still very young. So uh, the Eagles had the luxury of being able to kind of take their time thanks to Nick Foles. Uh, and and I, I don't think we're going to see – too much of a drop-off from Carson Wentz. I, I expect to see uh, the same guy. Uh, maybe expecting him to play at the MVP level he was at last year is, is unfair just just because that's a hard level of play to replicate even if you're healthy. So yeah. I think regardless, we, should, we probably shouldn't have expected him to come out and throw and have a you know, pass rating over 100. But I think he's a, an elite quarterback, and I think we're going to see that level of play pretty soon. Uh, I was more surprised by uh, Andrew Luck becoming his old self again. I, I didn't think we'd see that, and he's, he's been really impressive so far. Yeah, has been. Fierce? Adam, you can take this question whichever direction you want. What is going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers? <laughs> I mean, that organization is usually in charge of their of everything. Is Has Tomlin lost control? Are they getting tired of Tomlin and ownership? Are the player? I mean, can they fix it? What's going on there? Uh, yeah, it's a, <laughs> yes, it's all the above. It's a, it's a, it's a tough question to answer because there is so much going on. Um, some of it was just kind of unavoidable. I don't know that they, they would have handled the Le'Veon Bell situation any differently. Uh, they just didn't want to pay that much for running back, which is understandable. And if you don't, you, you know, I think they handled it pretty much the best way they could to get as much out of it as they could. And that has created a lot of drama and a lot of issues, but... I don't know that that's on Tomlin. I don't know if that's even on the Steelers. They they set the where they wanted to pay him, and, and they just didn't want to pay that much for running back. But when it comes to Antonio Brown, uh, you know, and then there's there's some drama with Ben Roethlisberger. Even um, I, I don't know that it's it's Tomlin's fault, but uh, not I I can't imagine he really punished Antonio Brown. Yeah. He, he said that he was disciplined, <laughs> but sounds like it's a slap on on the wrist, and that's. That's where you 
risk really setting double standards and, and losing other players. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be... Hey, Adam, sorry, our time here is always too short, man. Hey, I want to say thank you for coming on, Docs and Jocks. If you want to follow Adam, who is the NFL uh, writer for uh, SB Nation, go to SBNation.com. A lot of great articles there, Adam. Adam, I'll have you on again real soon. Thanks for being on, Docs and Jocks. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, hey, thanks, we'll Adam. be right back with more of your Sports Medicine Radio Show after this short commercial break. Welcome back to Docs and Jocks, your Sports Medicine Radio Show. Man, this is Dr. Dan coming to you from Insider Docs and Jocks. Radio studio deep in the heart of Texas, man. We're glad to have you be part of our show here in our SB Nation nationally syndicated radio show and uh, joined each week by my co-host Ferris Potter. Man, we are always so glad to have on new sponsors and great sponsors uh, like Chike Nutrition. Ferris, tell us a little bit about Chike Nutrition, our sponsor. Yeah, Chike Nutrition, it's a great answer to uh, protein. There's so many proteins on the market, you know, so yeah. so, so try this one, all right? Just try Chike and then you have to look no further. They got... Uh, it's high protein coffee, which is kind of yeah. cool. Coffee flavors, yeah. Iced mocha, vanilla, and peanut butter, and each has two shots of espresso. That's twenty grams of whey protein as well. And Dr. Dan, only a couple of grams of sugar, which is nice. You don't have a lot of those ones have a lot of sugar in them, and Chike doesn't do that. Everyone who hasn't tried it right now is saying peanut butter and coffee. What are you talking about? I was the same way. I tried it and I love it, man. It is so so good. You would never think about putting peanut butter in your coffee but once you try the chike peanut butter coffee protein mix man it is incredibly good so try that out hey thanks to chike and our good friend jason hodges for being part of our radio show here remember you can be part of our radio show by going to docsandjocks.com d-o-x-n-j-o-x.com and get your uh, sh- get your uh, business heard by uh, you know over 100 cities here in the nation so we'd love to have you part of our show by just going to docsandjocks.com and there contact us and be part of our show hey uh, just to jump back into the uh, sports medicine uh, news ferris i thought uh we mentioned it briefly with Adam Stites in a great interview by Adam Stites, our SB Nation uh, NFL sports writer. But, yeah, yeah, I want to remind people the reason you wear a helmet is for what Taiwan Jones found out in his game with the Buffalo Bills. What happened was is the uh, punter goes back, and he's taken a punt, and he gets lit up, and he blows up, and the ball goes behind him, goes into the end zone. So Taiwan Jones, who's on special teams for the Bills, goes back, recovers it, and tries to get out of the end zone because his players don't touch it. So he gets tackled back there. It'll be a safety. So he tries to get out of the end zone. Well, in doing so, the first guy hits him, knocks his helmet off. He turns around and tries to run out of the end zone with no helmet now. Well, the next dude just lights him up with the top of his helmet and hits him in the face, and it, it uh, lacerates his face. And so the reason that helmets came out, I remember there, there was a time in football where helmets were not worn. Nothing covered your face at all. Not even a leather helmet was on their head when they first started. Hardin-Simmons University, uh, when they first started football back in the turn of the century, back in the early, early 1900s, actually would take their helmets off, their little leather helmets, before on the sidelines to <laughs> show the other team how tough they were. And they would lay their little leather helmets on the sidelines and they'd go play the game with no helmet at all. So, you know, that really was a game played by some crazy men <laughs> back in the day. And the reason it stopped was there was a few, several serious, serious injuries to the face with facial fractures and orbit fractures that uh, killed players back in the day. And Teddy Roosevelt mm. truly almost ended the game of football because of those deaths that were related to it. This is when Teddy Roosevelt was president in the, what was that, was he in the 20s or the early teens? But when he, he was seriously thought about banning it nationwide, there was a pretty large outri- uprising about banning the game of football. So they came up with helmets that you have to wear and you had to make them mandatory. And so they said, okay, we'll keep the game of football around, but you have to wear helmets so you don't have these facial fractures. So it it 
the big misconception is that helmets, and we talk about this a lot on the show, So, but if you're listening to the show for the first time, Docs and Jocks, a helmet does not protect you from a concussion. They are trying to come up with helmets that decrease the rotation, the force through your brain sloshing around inside of its hard skull, but that really has not truly been shown scientifically yet to be able to be decreased by wearing a helmet. In fact, some argue that wearing a helmet allows you to use a helmet as a, as a tool or a weapon, and now you end up battering your head more because you have a helmet on. So remember, helmets don't prevent concussions. They prevent facial injuries and skull fractures. So, uh, man, Taiwan Jones, when you saw him running out of the end zone with no helmet on and got lit up in the face by another helmet, you remembered why we wear helmets in football. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's amazing nothing else happened to him, too. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, it, it, it was bad, but it could have been so much worse. You see that every now and again where a guy's helmet will pop off and he'll keep going, you know. And Jason Witten. You, I mean, you still got to hit him, right? You yeah. still got to tackle him and bring him down. So they just keep rolling. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Jason Witten's the most famous one that I think. He got his helmet knocked off, and Witten went running down the field, and he had no helmet on, eventually got tackled. But, yeah, it's almost like a sign of manhood if you can play football without a helmet. That's what the Hardin-Simmons Cowboys, by the way, they're 2-0 and this year, the Hardin-Simmons University Cowboys are wearing my alma mater. But, uh, yeah, they're playing some great football, as always. But Coach Jesse Burleson has them rolling out there. But, yeah, they uh, it is it is pretty scary when you see a guy on no helmet running – but it is not a sign of manhood. It's a sign of potential severe, severe injury if you're playing without a helmet. So glad they wear Martin helmets. Simmons doesn't do that anymore, do they? No, no, they, they do they other don't, they things. They take now. their helmets off and set them on the ground, and they just be beat tough. you really bad. They just <laughs> remember they were the winningest team for those who are, they just score points. Those who are new to uh, Docs and Jocks, they were the winningest team for the decade of any college football team at any level from 2000 to 2010. Hardin Simmons University. If you want to watch some great football, if just for the love of the game, they're Division three. If you don't know a lot about Division three football, they don't get scholarships. They don't get any money sent their way. They're not being paid to play in any any form or fashion. Not talking about cash, but I'm talking about scholarship money. They don't get any of that at uh, Hardin Simmons University. These kids are out there because they love it, and they are some very very talented kids. And they uh, are young men, I should say, and they are playing really good again this year. Uh, the likes of uh, Reese, Reese Childress, uh, man, go go on. Go on uh, YouTube and watch Reese Childress hurdle guys. He jumps over guys. He did it earlier this year again. He also makes one-handed catches like Odell Beckham. Uh, go watch uh, Jaquan Hemphill last year. Ferris had eight touchdowns in a single game. Eight touchdowns in a single game. So NCAA record there by Jaquan nice. Hemphill with Hardin Simmons University. So want to watch some great football, go to their uh, website and uh, check it out and YouTube. Uh, Reese Childress and Jaquan Hemphill, a couple of great football players for the Hardin Simmons University. Hey, an interesting story fairs came out this uh, week. Uh, the Hall of Fame, Hall of Famers, uh, led by uh, Eric Dickerson, have now sent a letter to the NFL that uh, demands two things. One is health insurance, and two is an annual salary for all Hall of Famers. And uh, this includes part of league revenues. And his argument is uh, the Hall of Famers uh, made the game, so therefore we should enjoy the uh, revenue provided by the game even at this late date after they've retired so a hawk uh, our producer of uh, docs and jocks was a former athletic trainer with the dallas cowboys so hawk tell us when a player gets injured just walk our listening audience through is that covered by the nfl well, typically, you know, if uh, a player in the NFL, they're a professional, it's their job. So if you think about as a person just driving around listening, if you get hurt at your job, uh, doing your job, you're probably going to be covered by your job. So in the NFL, they have what's called workman's comp. 
And so uh, they are compensated by a board of like lawyers who look at whatever injury you have and they provide compensation to you based on your injury. So uh, each injury you have uh, is a different case. So uh, each player is well taken care of for each injury they occur. Yeah, occurs. there you go. That's how the currently the NFL is set up to pay for injuries. So now the question becomes later on in life, if you have a knee replacement, you say that all started back with my meniscus tear in the NFL. Is that covered by workman's compensation? Sometimes it is, and sometimes it may be derived that that wasn't a cause, uh, direct correlation to your time in the NFL and may not be covered. But if you have an injury that is, happens and occurs in the NFL and, and is determined to be deemed a work injury, then it is covered by workman's compensation. Just to let you know, that's how the current situation stands. So when they're asking for health insurance, um, that I don't know if that entails health insurance of everything that happens to them in their life or just during the NFL, but currently injuries are covered. My question for you, Ferris, is why would Eric Dickerson and the Hall of Famers, and I think there was a large group of them that signed it, I think Joe Namath said they're not going to come back unless their demands are met, they're not going to come to the, the uh, Hall of Fame uh, ceremonies in Canton. Why would it be Hall of Famers only for this? Why would, uh, say, someone like, uh, I'm going to think of a guy who played a long time, Anquan Bolden, has a great career, probably not going to be a Hall of Famer, great career, but, you know, had some bad injuries in the NFL. Why would he not be included in uh, this as well? Why only the Hall of Famers? Just Was it just the Hall of Famers for um, the the money? Yes. Or was it just the Hall of Famers for the insurance? Health insurance and annual too. salary. That's uh, the really? Hall of Famers, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they think that they got a better chance of keeping it small yeah. <laughs> and doing that. I mean, I also do – I also do get – I mean, in one way, if I was his, arguing on his behalf, I would say, well, they're representing the game at, at a higher level than Anquan Bolden is because they're coming back, they're going to Canton, they're making appearances. You typically don't want to interview Anquan Bolden if you can interview Jerry Rice, right? right. You're going to make that choice. So I could see them saying, hey, we're, we're, we're continually doing PR for the league for the rest of our lives, so we should get paid for that. I, I get what he's saying, but I think the NFL might say, okay, don't come back. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, don't come back to the Canton if you don't want to do it. But then if you get guys who are just getting in and they're saying, well, I'm not going to do it unless you do this. Yet another thing the NFL's got to deal with. I know. Got to be got to be fun being at the NFL front office, doesn't it? Yeah. And the thing about the NFL, you do get a pension as well. If you play in the NFL for a period of time, you get a pension already. So I guess the Hall of Famers argument is that it's not enough that we want league revving, you know, an annual salary because we're Hall of Famers. We should be paid yearly. And we should get part of the league revenue. You know, we should share in that. But you know, most jobs, a lot of jobs, don't have any pension at all. You know, you, it's just not part of it. So it's nice that the NFL has a pension. So if you played, you know, all those years ago, you're at least receiving something. I guess they're saying it's not enough, but you are receiving a pension, and you do get health insurance for a work-related injury. The other thing is, what was the NFL Players Association settlement that they just had with the NFL? over all the injuries and concussions and all that. They just settled for money based on injuries that were occurred during their playing time. What was that settlement about if it didn't kind of somewhat cover this as well? And the NFL Players Association agreed to that. Yeah, well, we thought all along that that amount of money that they settled for was, I mean, the NFL got off scot-free on that one. Like, it, it was millions, but at the same time, people were like, man, this isn't even going to. Didn't even cover it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you said, it's another thing the NFL has to uh, now concur, you know, between uh, all the different uh, social things that are happening. And now you have the uh, Hall of Famer saying we're not going to go to the Hall of Fame ceremony unless you give us a league revenue. As a fan, 
as a fan, what do you say when you say that? You go work your butt off as a plumber, an electrician somewhere with no pension. Yeah. Maybe not even a 401k at your company. They don't match or anything. And you're making 40, 50 grand a year. And these guys are making hundreds of thousands of dollars, even the the, the, the base contract. And, and yeah, granted, I know they can't work as long. But I mean, if, you, if they simply stuck the minimum Roth IRA amount in there every year when they're 22 years old, by the time they're retired, they're going to have millions of dollars in there and they have the money to do it. It's like at some point, dude, Eric, we got to it's not our responsibility to take care of you, like take care of yourself. You know, I mean, that's as a fan. I go, are you serious, dude? Yeah. How much money you made? Come on. Yeah. And he's probably talking about guys who played in the 20s, 30s, 40s that didn't make that kind of money. I understand that. But, you know, you signed a contract saying I'm willing to play football for this amount. You do get a pension. You do get health insurance if it's work related to the injury that occurred during your time frame. A lot of people don't get pensions at their job, and a lot of people don't get any health insurance. And by the way, they have medical care that's the best of the world. Guys like Hawk, guys like team physicians that we've interviewed all along, they have those guys available during their work time. And how many people, if you get injured at your work, have your have a doctor on staff that's the best in the world that's going to be able to take care of you? I mean, there's some pretty good things about playing in the NFL. Uh, so I don't know. Just like you said, I think to the regular fan, it might be a little uh, t- a little tiresome at some point in time. Hey, remember, we're going to have on lovely Miss Tracy Munton. She's going to be doing our middle strength minute. Remember, you can follow her at the Edge Middle Strength by going to docsandjocks.com. Click on the Edge icon and do a free middle strength evaluation. She'll get back to you. Lovely Miss Tracy Munton at the Edge Middle Strength. We'll be right back for Docs and Jocks. I recently saw an interview with the great football player Joe Namath. Namath stated, when you have confidence, you can have a lot of fun. When you have fun, you can do amazing things. This statement is so true. Confidence is a vital part of being a successful athlete, but for many, it does not come easy. Many of the athletes I work with struggle with confidence. They oftentimes do not feel like they measure up or many times put so much pressure on themselves for perfection that they have trouble being confident. Here at the Edge Mental Strength Training, we work with athletes to develop the skills that lead to increased confidence. We firmly believe that every athlete can learn to gain confidence in their preparation, practice, and performance. If you or an athlete you know are interested in learning more about developing confidence, you can reach our site by clicking on the link at Docs and Jocks. Here you can also take a free mental strength assessment and see where you rate on different mental attributes. Even if you live out of town, we can review this assessment with you by phone. So be confident and take the assessment today. This has been your Mental Strength Minute. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. Man, we have loved having you this hour here on our SB Nation uh, show here, held, heard all across the country. I want to say thank you for our great listeners. Hey, thanks for making our Docs and Jocks podcast one of the fastest growing podcasts out there. Remember, you can go to your iTunes podcast or podcast arena on SB Nation, and you just type in Docs and Jocks, D-O-X-N-J-O-X, and boom, you can listen to us anytime, anywhere. Hey, thanks for being a great listener. Hey, Ferris, uh, my co-host Ferris Potter, the voice of Grand Canyon University. Hey, Ferris, I thought we could, uh, in our last uh, minute or so here, talk about a guy, who would you have thought would be the American League MVP this year? Aaron Judge, 6'7", 282 pounds. Giancarlo Stanton, 6'6", 245 pounds. Or Mookie Betts, 5'9", 165. I mean, we all know that Mookie Betts is the man. But, man, if you just look at that, 5'9", 165, and this guy's playing lights out. Yeah, I mean, everybody thought Mookie, when he came in, it had the potential to do that. But he hadn't really shown it for a con- Full season, but yeah, he's the best player in the American League by far. It kind of reminiscent too. Um, didn't uh, Altuve win it one time yes. too? I love it. Yeah. I love it when the little guys win it. As oh, a little yeah. guy, absolutely love it. It's the great thing about baseball. You know, in basketball, you really—I mean, you can have the occasional point guard, and everything. But baseball, you know, you don't have to be a super huge guy. You don't have to be the fastest guy. But if you can hit a baseball, man, you're going to play. Right. The old saying is, if you can hit, 
they were going to play you. So, yeah, it was, it's fun to see a guy with a skill position like Mookie Betts who can do so well at hitting. And it comes down to a lot of things in hitting. You know, there's the hand-eye coordination. We talk about vision all the time. One of our – couple of our great uh, sponsors here, Visual Edge, as well as uh, – uh, Russell Lyles, one of our sports optometrists here in uh, Abilene, they both talk about how important vision is. They also talk about how important, uh, you know, hand-eye coordination is as far as uh, hitting the baseball and barreling it up. We talk about using your lower half. So there's a lot of things. Uh, if you want to listen to a great interview we had, we had one with Mike Ryan with Fastball USA, and uh, he's gonna, hopefully going to be coming on as one of our sponsors. But Mike talks a lot about the swing and how you can use everything in you you have and make your swing so great. And that's what Mookie Betts has done. He's gotten every bit of his 5'9", 165 frame into his great swing. So, hey, I want to say thank you to everybody who listened to our first hour. Remember, if you want to listen to our second hour, go to our iTunes podcast, Docs and Jocks, D-O-X-N-J-O-X, for our Sports Medicine Radio Show. We'll see you next week if this is the only hour you listen to. Bye-bye. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. Hey, thanks for being part of our second hour here. Remember, you can always listen to us anytime, anywhere on our SB Nation uh, podcast, podcast arena, or you can catch our entire show on our iTunes podcast, Docs and Jocks, D-O-X-N-J-O-X. I'm uh, Dr. Dan, longtime sports medicine physician with Tech Sport and Spine, joined each week by my co-host Ferris Potter, the voice and sports broadcast for Grand Canyon University. And Ferris, uh, man, th- great second hour here. We're going to have on, on our, as our guest spot, Dr. Kareem Sherway, he's the uh, team, one of the team physicians for Grand Canyon University. He specializes in concussions and uh, upper extremity throwing injuries. So we'll be talking about that with uh, Dr. Sherway coming up here on our second hour of Docs and Jocks. And I uh, wanted to just jump right into uh, one of the uh, interesting stories. We always talk about ways you can prevent injuries, things that make sense. Like we, we've never quite understood why all baseball helmets don't have the wraparound face guard uh, when it's – why is that you know not mandatory? Right. Uh, why you don't wear a shin guard over your shin so you don't break a bone in your foot. Why you don't wear the uh, hand guard or the the forearm guard or the elbow guard so you don't get drilled there as well. One of the things in baseball I think that would be a simple one uh, would be why – my question is to you, Few Ferris, is why do we still have bullpens actually part of the field? Uh, probably about, I don't know, 30 to 40% of ballparks still have the pitchers, uh, relief pitchers, warm up on the sidelines, uh, just in foul territory of the third base or first right. base side. You see it at Chicago's Wrigley Field. They'll be warming up on the side over there. And uh, we saw Chad Penders this last week, the uh, Oakland A's outfielder, right fielder, go running for a foul ball, and he hit the pitcher's mound, and he went running up the hill, and then he crushed into his, you know, crashed into his knees. Why do we do that? Why that, That's something simple. We get rid of it. You cut down on injuries. You don't, have to, you don't lose a few games. I mean, why not? I guess with the old the old facilities is just a space issue. I guess I don't know. They Money, don't want to take yeah. seats out and stuff right. like that. But uh, yeah, that's a that that that's a head scratcher because that's easy <laughs> to fix, right? I yeah. mean, you can even put them underneath in a tunnel or something if you wanted to. Yeah, because it's not a something. It's not. I don't, I don't even think it's that hard. I mean, you put it like you said. You don't have to be part of the field. The Rangers, Texas Rangers, where their bullpen is, you can barely even see the field. But you can have you know a a guy on the team. There could be a guy, a spotter out there watching to, so when you're ready to come in they all have phones in there now they all have videos have phones, in there yeah. so you can tell what the going what's going on in the game but yeah i guess it's old school they just want your pitchers being part of the game so when they're warming up the other thing i think it does from a mental standpoint the starter doesn't look over and see the reliever warming up so he's not getting nervous by getting taken out of the game right yeah they, they look over there <laughs> they like, do what? you're up again and <laughs> if it's on the field too you have to have a spotter down there shagging make sure you don't get you know your catcher's not even looking so he doesn't get a foul ball and yeah knock, you it's know. crazy hey well, we're going to talk about a lot more college football nfl football baseball remember we're going to have dr kareem share away a team physician with grand canyon university coming up here on your second hour of docs and jocks your sports medicine radio show
listening to Docs and Jocks, brought to you in part by Buffalo Wild Wings, First Financial Bank, and MDI Abilene. Touchdown. Now back to more Docs and Jocks with Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome back. This is Dr. Dan, your longtime sports medicine physician with Texas Sports and Spine. Great to have you be part of our show. Man, uh, if you ever have a yeah, sports question, their sports medicine question that you want me to answer, uh, we can do that by going to, you can do that by asking us on docsandjocks.com, D-O-X-N-J-O-X.com. Hit the uh, contact us button there, man. We'd love to have you answer your question. And there was a question we had uh, from a uh, listener out in the Arizona area. Uh, Kim called us and, or emailed us and said uh, she wanted to know when your son or daughter is looking at a college how do you ask about how do they take care of injuries without sounding like a sissy? That was the ju- the, the juxt of her question, basically. <laughs> and it's real simple. I mean, one, when you're talking to a coach, you can ask him, say, hey, uh, what do you think about your sports medicine staff? So that way you're not saying, hey, what happens to my kid when they get injured? Because no, no player wants to be labeled the kid that's going to get injured, right? But you can say, hey, just tell me about your sports medicine staff. Uh, where are they from? Who they do? I know if you did that to schools, I'd take care of them. I mean, I work very intimately with those coaches, with those athletic trainers. They're, they're going to give my name. In fact, when uh, students come through, because I've, I actually am a team physician for my alma mater, they use it as a recruiting tool. Hey, we have uh, you know, Dr. Dan. He uh, played, played sports here, and he is now our team physician, and so he understands what your kids are going through. They kind of use me as a recruiting tool sometimes, which I'm very fine. I'm, I'm, I'm flattered that they do that, actually. So, uh, but your coach is going to know who your athletic trainer is. He should immediately know who your team physician is. They deal with those guys. And uh, there is no, no downside to asking who your sports medicine staff is. So that's how I would bring up that question. I wouldn't say, when my kid gets injured, do you have people that are good to take care of him? I, I would just leave your kid out of it and say, tell me about your sports medicine staff. What do you think, Ferris? That's probably a legal, a good question, right? Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, you can also kind of some of the schools, depending on their website and stuff, you can kind of look on online and see what they yes. have in sports yeah, medicine and right. look at some of the background of some of the people, how long they've been there, that type of yeah. stuff. And then also, I, I think a very important person in the whole thing that, you know, when you go from the doctors who diagnose and all stuff is do they have somebody on staff? who works with the parents' insurance, the school's insurance, yes. and the doctors. Yes. Because, because there's always that, oh, he was injured playing the sport, but if the parents have secondary or primary or whatever, so if they have somebody on their staff that that's their job, because like at Grand Canyon, there's a lot of insurance claims going on, right? Yeah. Just from everything through, oh, a sprained ankle to a twisted knee to, oh, I'm not sure if I'm okay, go down and get an MRI. Well, who pays that? Well, Grand Canyon, but the parents are, you know, all that stuff. And they've got, they've got a person who's in charge of doing that. That becomes your best friend, too. So then you're not getting a bill and you're calling. Nobody's answering going, hey, why am I paying for this? You know, it happened. You know, how does that work? So you can kind of look online and look at the staff that way, too. And then, of course, it's always good to talk if you if you if you know other parents, you know, who've been injured and things like that, had kids injured and kind of ask them behind the scenes. But the best way to do it, though, with that for Kim, without sounding like a sissy is just have some chewing tobacco in your mouth. when you do. (laughs) Then you're you're not going to think you're a sissy at all. Just spit halfway through the question. Yeah. I had a coach that did that every time. He'd always spit on the floor in his office while I was talking to him. Yeah. On the carpet. Yeah. I was like, oh, wolfie, baby. Yeah, I know. man. (laughs) So uh, this I'm going to talk a little uh, sports medicine business. So please don't tune off. uh, Turn us off right now you know as you're as you're listening to this but it'll be real quick but yeah normally how it works if an athlete gets injured like say a college athlete uh they have their insurance their medical insurance as their primary so in other words mom and dad covering little johnny and johnny has an injury to his knee there you know there's lots of policies out there blue cross blue shield Aetna, united you name them there's lots of them 
that will be their primary. Whatever that insurance doesn't cover or pick up is then covered. The school has a policy. The one I deal with is called NAGA. N-A-G-A is short for the, the big long word that, they, that is that school insurance. They pick up whatever's left over. That's typically how it works in the sports medicine arena. Okay, we're done talking sports medicine business. You can turn us back in now. So if you, hopefully you didn't change the channel. That was about 30 seconds. That's probably most people. That's more than they ever wanted to hear. Hey, I'll give you I'll give you a real life example though because that because because you're right that is an important question that's a great question by Kim because if you if you send an athlete off you know they're far away you want to make sure that staff's going to take care of them but we had an issue with at Grand Canyon I won't say any names but a, a player who had some injuries while he was there now is no longer at Grand Canyon and now he's having some reoccurrences that he believes is from those injuries so now he's calling back to Grand Canyon to say hey can you pull all your records. I believe this knee injury here is why I'm having this happen here. And so because Grand Canyon is very professional, they have all those records, they're able to pull them, they're able to look, they're able to show his doc everything they did, you know, all of that type of stuff. So it is important that you have a good medical staff, um, you know, at your disposal uh, when you go. Now, is it the most important question? I don't know, you know, but it's, it's, it's a great question to ask. Yeah, no, I think it's a wonderful question. Remember, if you ever have a question you want to contact us here at Docs and Jocks, just go to docsandjocks.com, D-O-X-N-J-O-X.com, and you can contact us there. Real simple, real easy. I would say one one more thing on uh, the medical the sports medicine business side is oftentimes your high schools will have insurance policies that you can purchase for relatively cheap that they cover your athletes in uh, their sports for if any injury that is covered. But you have to purchase it typically at the beginning of the year. So if your young child comes home with a piece of paper or they forget to bring the piece of paper home, which I'm not saying all teenagers <laughs> forget to do that, but it's something you might want to check with your school. If your school has an insurance policy that covers them while they're playing sports, very wise to pick that up because what you will pay in your insurance premium is a, a minute part of what will you'll pay if you have to go through a year long of rehab following an ACL rupture, reconstruction, you know, the surgery, the, you know, the anesthesiology costs, the uh, facility fee, and, you know, all the stuff that goes along with that. So I think it's very, right. very wise to get that, but just, just something you might think about. So, yeah, another little piece of words of wisdom that brought by our good friend Kim out in uh, Arizona that uh, did that. By the way, my two kids are fighting out here in front of me. They're a part of uh, Docs and Jocks Studio. They're, they're walking in. They're, they, they're one's training, and they're now they're fighting out on the field. It's, it's great to see your kids, your teenage and your college kids, out fighting on the field in front of you. Oh, we know who won. I just saw who walked in. We know who, <laughs> yeah. we know who won. Somebody's running to dad to complain. <laughs> so pretty cool, pretty cool. Hey, uh, let's jump back in the sports medicine news real quick here, Ferris. Uh, give me your take. I know there's – I think the way we're making this a sports medicine story – is Vontae Davis, the Buffalo Bills cornerback, just decides to leave halftime in a game and retire. I mean, I think that has – this would probably be a good question for me to have our uh, uh, sports psychologist on, Tracy Mutton. What in the world had to be going through his mind that would make you want to quit at halftime? They really truly are using a word, you know, I want to – if I don't want to go to a um, business conference – I will say I want to Vonte my business conference. I mean, it's it's, it's changed. <laughs> the word quit now is is his name Vonte. So, what do you think was going through his mind? Is that just a mental fatigue issue? It had to be because he's saying it wasn't physical, but it had to be something mentally going on. I don't I don't know. I I literally I don't know if anybody will know, but um, and there's probably a lot of things going through his mind. It was it was a weird deal. I mean, I've heard people say, "Gosh, if you, I mean, you can't play football. You can't." It's, 
I get it. If you go out there and you're not really into it, it can be dangerous to you. So if you if you're just checked out, you know, that's how why most guys retire, even though it feels like they have something left in the tank. They're like, I just don't want to do this anymore. But usually it's at the end of the season or usually it's like, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. So I'll finish out the year for my my boys, yeah. you know, that yeah. type of thing. I mean, you could have gone to the coach and said, hey, look, I'm, I, I don't want to play anymore. I I'm, just don't put me in. But but to actually just like leave, like, I don't know what's going through your head at that point. I, I, we, you're just like, I'm done. Yeah, so we've just seen go. it a couple of times. I remember seeing it in golf, but I think it was all due to physical injuries. Like Tiger Woods, didn't he walk off the course at a certain point in time due to yes. – but he did it because of an injury. It wasn't like I'm yeah. just mentally fatigued. He may have done it, but he said it was due to an injury. You'll see it in individual sports sometimes, but football is such a team sport. and There's such a team camaraderie, and they always say – they always equate it to you know going to battle with your your uh, you know your as if it's war and that you're looking out for the guy on your left and the guy on your right. So it just seems so anti everything that we've ever heard about team sports. To see it done in a team sport is just an odd odd feeling. But yeah, he must have been going through some mental fatigue of some sort to be able to say, "I'm done." And they were getting blown out. There there is something that's something we should talk to our sports psychologist about because remember when you're getting blown out, there's a team out there getting blown out. How do you stay focused? There was a football game here last night in the, right. in the big country area, uh, forty-seven to nothing, I think, or forty-eight to nothing. And how do you uh, stay focused in the fourth quarter when you're just absolutely getting smoked? And how do you give your best? There's that's a talent, that's a gift if you're able to do that. Yeah, just as an FYI, uh, Tiger Woods walked off the course because he could not activate his the glutes. glutes. That's right. We had that. Sp- yes, we, yes and we right. all joked about it, made fun of him, but then we're like, yeah, that's a legitimate deal. <laughs> it is a legitimate. <laughs> it's part of your lower core. That's your glutes, man. So those are the kind of things you find out here on Docs and Jocks. You really do have to activate your glutes to be a good golfer. You will heard that here on Docs and Jocks, so that's what it's all about. Hey, when we come yeah. back here on Docs and Jocks, we're going to be talking to sports medicine physician, professor at Barrow Neurological Institute, Dr. Kareem Sherway. Won't want to miss that and more here on Docs and Jocks. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Brought to you in part by Joe Walker State Farm Insurance, Visual Edge, and Texas Sport and Spine. Touchdown. Now back to more Docs and Jocks with Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. Man, it's so great to have you listening today. Remember, you can listen to us multiple different ways. You can go to our iTunes podcast, Docs and Jocks, or you can go to our SB Nation podcast on Podcast Arena. Just go to SBNation.com and uh, get us on Docs and Jocks. D-O-X-N-J-O-X. And, uh, man, we're on uh, our SB Nation uh, show now is on uh, multiple cities all across the nation. So we would love to have you be our, part of our show anyway, anytime. Man, it's great to have you joining us today. Co-host of my show every week is Ferris Potter, the voice of Grand Canyon University. Man, Ferris, been a great show today. Yes, a lot of fun. We get to talk to so many uh, great great guests. It's a, it's a lot of fun, man. Yeah, you know, that was a good one. Dr. Sherway is a, a young sports medicine physician. I'm getting a little long in the tooth. So, you know, it's always good to hear that uh, young uh, vigor in your voice, you know, he's excited. You can tell he's uh, pumped up to do what he's doing. That's that's definitely why we go into it. You, you know, a lot of us are like he was and, and myself where we played sports as growing up as kids. And, you know, you want to still be part of the sports world, but, you know, your athletic days are uh, waned. Either you finish college or finish your professional career. Now you want to do something else. And I feel like that's what I get to do in sports medicine. I always say that I have the greatest job in the world when on every Friday and Saturday night I get to tell my wife I'm going to a football game. It's just the greatest thing on the planet. And I have to because it's my job. You know, you can tell he's a super smart guy because our producer is an athletic trainer and he talked yes. glowingly about athletic trainers. Like that's a smart dude, right? He's yes. like, all right, I'm going to get, I'm going to throw a bone. Yeah. Not that he's an athletic trainer, but yeah, cool guy. 
Uh, you know, Barrel Neurological is legit. They do a lot of work with concussions, as we talked about. And uh, he works with Dr. Javier Cardenas. They work with the NFL and all a bunch of different teams and things and cover a lot of the a lot of the uh, sports teams in Arizona. So good guy and uh, ex-football player. It's good. It's good that he recognizes, hey, we do want to make it safer. But, you know, he was he didn't say anything negative necessarily, but he said there's a difference been, between playing football, basketball, baseball, hockey, volleyball and being on the gaming team yes you know because yeah because they are offering scholarships to play ea sports yeah and they're, they're probably going to become an ncaa division one sporting event is gaming i tell my son all the time if you continue playing those games you're gonna have great thumbs and no personality now turn that thing off let's go hit the baseball so that's what i always tell him that's just that's just where i'm at in my career you know i'm old it makes me old and stodgy my son hates me for it but uh you know, you want to have more than uh, just good thumbs as you get older. But, yeah, there's there's some good things you can learn from gaming as well. I think the visual part of it is pretty good. He's really quick on some of those things because it's such yeah. a good visual. But, yeah, overall, I'd rather be It's a brain going a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But it also isolates a little bit, too. Isolates and puts you in a little room. There's no activity. doesn't get uh, nothing, uh, no cardiovascular, no aerobic activity going on. So, yeah, overall, I'd much rather be out playing the sport. What do you think about like like poker? Like, you know, poker's on ESPN. I don't understand stuff. it. I've I mean, always what, said, why is a game, why is a board game on ESPN? Why is that considered a sport? I know I'm probably offending a large audience that there's a lot of poker players. I'm not even against poker. I love poker. But I don't know why it's on ESPN. I just don't get it. I, I, I mean, it's a game, right? Why don't we put well, Yahtzee? On ESPN Let's put Yahtzee 20, on there. Yes, it's on ESPN because they're 24-7. they got to fill some time, right? Yeah, to be yeah. Honest. But... I, well, I just think it's funny when, like, it's on a sports station and yeah. some dude wins a hand. And it's like, you know, yeah, he got it. I get it, the numbers. He played it correctly. But it's luck at the end what comes up, you know. But you had the numbers. And then some big overweight dude who looks like he hasn't, like, worked out in, like, his life jumps. I'm like, yeah, you got like, <laughs> celebrating. I, I'm probably getting in trouble with some people that listen to it. But I just start cracking up. I'm just like, dude, relax. You're going to give yourself a stroke. Yeah, I don't know why it's on ESPN or sports stations and not uh, – you know, game show stations. That's what it is. It's a game, really. So, anyway, yeah. Just yeah. my opinion. We digress. Hey, we're getting back to sports medicine here. Hey, remember I told you last week that Steven Strasburg was the first guy I'd ever seen that actually hit three guys with one pitch? Hey, two guys. Yeah, three he, guys. Yeah. He, yeah, hit the batter. The ball bounces off the batter, hits the catcher, and then it bounces off the catcher and hits the umpire in the face. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever seen that in baseball. He did it again this week. Strasburg did? Strasburg hit three guys on the same pitch. He did it two weeks in a row. What are the odds of that, man? Something you've never seen in baseball. Not good. And then you see it done twice in one week. Absolutely. And the same pitcher did it. Something, same guy. Yeah. It's amazing. He had three guys. Yeah. All three you think went he's down. he's trying again. to do it now? If I'm him, I'm doing it every game. I'm trying to jack somebody and hit it off their bat and hit the catcher and then hit the umpire every game now. Yeah, Why you're not? not playing for anything. Maybe you could jack it so fast <laughs> it hits the batter, the catcher, the umpire at a correct angle and goes over and hits the guy in the on-deck circle. Yeah. Can we ricochet it off the <laughs> face mask of the umpire? Hey, uh, our, our uh, board uh, engineer here, uh, Sergio Chacon, he's our soccer super stud as well. He's been on, on Docs and Jocks. Sergio actually went this week to uh, see his beloved Chicago Bears play. He flew from uh, Texas up to see Chicago play in his home uh, home stadium. Soldier Field, and was stunned by how fast and athletic Khalil Mack is. This guy is a game changer, is how he put it. He said he just would bull rush the left tackle into the quarterback. That's how good he was. And uh, I really, there are people that are genetic freaks and uh, physical freaks, and I feel like Khalil Mack falls into that category. What a game changer, man. If you saw that game this week, he was he was killing them. 
So are you thinking that the Raiders were dumb not to give him whatever he wanted? You know, I don't know. It's a fine line. Where does that stop? You know, so you'd give it to Khalil Mack, and then your next best player, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to say Derek Carr has a great year. Suddenly he wants more money. Do you give him more money too? And where does it end? Where does the merry-go-round get off? I understand owners trying to say, hey, we've got a contract. This is what we're paying you. We're not going to give you more money. Or if we go down this slippery slope, it's never going to end. So I see both sides of the story. Khalil Mack thinks he needs more money. Yeah, should they pay him more money if they want to have a great football team? Yes. Do they? Should they pay more money if they want to have a great business? No. So it's hard. I guess, I, guess, I mean, how many times do you think a de- one defensive player actually changes a team in a frame? I mean, J.J. Watt was one of the best defensive, and they never won anything, right? I yeah. mean, how, how often can – I guess that's where you, you wonder. I mean, I, I think of Lawrence Taylor – Maybe Derek Thomas as the only two guys I can off the top of my head think of like 100% change the way another team played and uh, like yeah. won games defensively. Uh, Dick Buckus was probably in that category. Uh, Vince Lombardi, the great coach, but one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time, in his book, uh, When when Pride Still Matters, uh, talked about he's the only guy that he game-planned around game planned a single guy to stay keep the, try and keep the ball off of him or always have somebody extra blocking him. So there's always been a few of those through the – History of the game. Khalil Max in there. Another great Chicago Bears linebacker, uh, Brian Erlacher, was honored this week uh, by yeah. his Chicago Bears fans after he went in the Hall of Fame. I still remember, and this is uh, for the Arizona fans out there who uh-huh. are listening to Ferris, the uh, game on Monday Night Football. Arizona Cardinals are up big. Uh, they go, they, they start losing it in the second half. Erlacher goes off, has a great game, and they ask him after the game, the post-game interview, uh, why were you able to make so many tackles? And he leaned in close to the microphone and goes, they didn't block me, and he leaned back up, and that was his uh, words of wisdom. But yeah, yeah, the great Erlacher was one of those guys as well. Yeah, but there are very few game changers, and if you're willing, if you have one, trying to keep him on your team is probably worthwhile. Well, do you remember where Brian Erlacher went in the uh, 2000 draft? Because he was out of New Mexico, and he was a tweener, right? They didn't think yeah. he was big enough to play linebacker or fast enough to play safety. Or I don't corner. know who that scout was, but he needs to be fired. I can tell you that. I Everybody I mean, thought that. <laughs> Eight teams passed on him. He wow. went number nine. Wow. Uh, Court, Courtney Brown went one. LeVar Arrington went two. Chris Samuels, who went three. He was off the line. Peter Warwick went fourth. Jamal Lewis went fifth. Corey Simon went sixth. And Thomas Jones went to your Arizona Cardinals seventh. Plaxico Burris went eighth. Can you imagine what a difference uh, having uh, Brian Urlacher on the Cardinals instead of Thomas Jones would have made? <laughs> that would have been a game changer. They, could have, they passed on Brian Urlacher, and a few years later they passed on Adrian Peterson. Oh. Oh, that's a, that's a Oops. Win. Yeah. You could have Peterson and Erlacher on the same team, man. That would Oops. have been a good combo. Yeah, so I mean there are some of those guys that are that are game changers. Um I just I just I just the way the game is now, it's almost like you gotta give that money to the offensive guys. Almost like in baseball. If you're gonna do it, you gotta give it like to a pitcher, you know, or something like that, because there's just not enough money to go around. Right, right. Hey, I don't know if you saw the play or not, but it's been all over the uh, sporting world uh, this year or this this last week. I mean they're calling it the unfair catch. So the University of North Texas uh, player drop, drops back, special teams player drops back to catch a punt. And uh, they practice this. And what he does, the ball goes up in the air, and he just, he doesn't raise his hand, but he kind of raises his hands in front of him to catch the ball like this. So he's not doing the one-hand fair catch thing. He's just got his hands up. All the players around him are on his team are yelling, fair catch, fair catch, and they're just standing there like they're, they're, everybody's fair catching it. So he catches the ball, and there's four defenders right in front of him, and he just stops, and he's standing there. And then he takes off, and he runs it for a touchdown against University of Arkansas. They're calling it the unfair catch. University of North Texas goes on and wins. 
But Graham Harrell, who uh, is a, is, has been on Docs and Jocks and been our guest and been a good friend of Docs and Jocks, I wonder if he had something to do with that play because everybody who comes on Docs and Jocks tends to have a great, uh, you know, great career after that. That's, that's my opinion mm-hmm. anyway. But that's a so, pretty cool play. Yeah, so they, I mean, so everybody just stopped even though, like, the refs didn't blow the whistle or anything yeah. or he never really, he just had his hands up here. And, and he wow. catches it and all his players around him just were yelling, fair catch, fair catch, and he, he catches it and then they just all stop. So no one takes off running. None of the players are blocking. All four of the Arkansas defenders are directly in front of the guy. He just kind of starts walking slowly towards the sideline, and then he takes off down the line, and nobody can catch him. That's a yeah. Cool the thing. thing about changing the rule now. Did you hear that? Yeah. Why, yeah, why are they going to? How, how are they going to do that? Um, I did do something so you can't do that anymore. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe maybe the other guys can't talk or something. It's just because they don't like it when a North Texas beats up on a <laughs> on an SEC team. Yeah. The other great player. <laughs> well, you, you beat us? All right, we're going to take our ball and go home. Another great one, my friend Mark Wilson, who was on the show here. Mark played for the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, Mark said when he was coaching, I believe for Brownwood he used this play, where his punter would drop back into punt position on fourth down, and he would take the ball and act like he was going to punt, but the last second throw a really high pass, as high as he could throw it, and uh, the other team uh, would be down there, and they would think it was a punt, and his team would come and catch it in front of the guy and run it down because it, it, now it's fourth down. It's a catch, right? So the other team yeah. would think it was a uh, uh, you know a high ball that they were going to fair catch. So even if the other team fair catches it right there and your team misses it, they still you're going to down him right there. You're going to tackle the guy right there and he's down, right? You're not going to fair catch it, but it's a pass. It's an interception. So it's kind of like a punt. Or your guy catches it and takes it to the house. And uh, that play worked for Mark Wilson. That's another trick play on a punt. Yeah, they said that uh, they're saying, you know, oh, remember, you know, you, you don't have to have a whistle. It's not required for a play to be dead. And this is pure deception, which is frowned upon. I'm like, well, here's <laughs> what's a fake? What's a fake handoff? That's pure deception. Is yeah. that frowned upon? What's a boot? I mean, come on. Who was it? It was it was the NFL Hogs. this week that somebody was laying down in the end zone on a kickoff. The guy catches the kickoff on one side. The guy laying down the end zone takes off. And he throws it across the field. He takes it to the house, but it ended up being he threw it in front of the line of scrimmage. You know, he threw it forward, not back. So he got called back. But literally, the other kickoff guy was laying in the back of the end zone. That's deception. That's what it's all about. I think it'd be great. They get rid of deception, like they do a reverse, and the guys yeah. say, "Hey, not fair. I thought he was going that way. That's not fair." What is a fake handoff? What is a fake handoff? That's deception, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. I thought he gave the ball to that guy. That's not fair. You can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, they're just better deceivers than uh, Arkansas was, apparently. So, yeah, no, I, I think he was a great player. Or it could just I, be I like, like Larry Bird and Michael Jordan, where you say, I'm going to shoot from right there, and I'm going to beat you, I'm and then you just do it. Just That's not the Yeah, just shove yeah. it down their throats, just, yeah. Just, just or, you know, exactly the great one in baseball was the College World Series. You know, the, they, the very first time they did it, they do a fake pickoff play where the pitcher pretends like he's throwing it away over the first baseman's head and all the relief pitchers because the pitching mount, the bullpen is on the field for some dumb reason. We just talked about that earlier in the show. The pitcher sitting in, the relief pitcher sitting on the bench all scatter, scatter like the ball's there. The guy takes off to second base thinking the ball's out in the outfield and they turn and they throw him out because the pitcher's got the ball. Yeah, so, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of deception. That's, that's what great part of sports, man. You try and figure out ways that your opponent can't figure out that you're trying to get them out. So I love it, man. I bet the next time that guy went back for a punt, Arkansas just lit him up. <laughs> oh, I bet they did. Fair catch or no yes. fair catch. Like, oh, I didn't know you were single oh, for one. Oh, dude, <laughs> wouldn't that have been something if he tried to fair catch and Arkansas lit him up? That like, been... no, 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 oh, no, yeah. no. This is yeah. a free shot. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Hey, it looks like Carson Wentz is going to be back this week, so he's been practicing the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback who had his ACL, LCL injury. We talked earlier uh, with uh, Adam Stites with uh, SBNation.com. 
uh, you could go there and listen to that interview. We talked about that. But I'm glad to see him back, Ferris. I love the, the young guys who are making a statement in the NFL, like Carson Wentz. I'm always glad when they're coming back from injury. Yeah, I mean, they won a Super Bowl without the yeah. guy, but he was on pace to be the MVP. So yeah. uh, huge for them to get him back. I would surmise that they didn't. They they won the Super Bowl with him and Foles, that they don't even get the chance to get there unless he has no. that MVP season to get him into the playoffs, which then Foles got him the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Hey, we got one more set, one more segment here on Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. We're so glad you listened to us here. Remember, you can listen to us as well on our Docs and Jocks iTunes podcast. We'll be right back with more Docs and Jocks. And Jocks, brought to you in part by Joe Walker State Farm Insurance, Visual Edge, and Texas Sport and Spine. Touchdown. Now back to more Docs and Jocks with Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. Man, it's so great to have you listening today. Remember, you can listen to us multiple different ways. You can go to our iTunes podcast, Docs and Jocks, or you can go to our SB Nation podcast on Podcast Arena. Just go to SBNation.com and uh, get us on Docs and Jocks. D-O-X-N-J-O-X. And, uh, man, we're on uh, our SB Nation uh, show now is on uh, multiple cities all across the nation. So we would love to have you be our, part of our show anyway, anytime. Man, it's great to have you joining us today. Co-host of my show every week is Ferris Potter, the voice of Grand Canyon University. Man, Ferris, it's been a great show today. Yes, a lot of fun. We get to talk to so many uh, great great guests. It's a, it's a lot of fun, man. Yeah, you know, that was a good one. Dr. Sherway is a, a young sports medicine physician. I'm getting a little long in the tooth. So, you know, it's always good to hear that uh, young uh, vigor in your voice, you know, he's excited. You can tell he's uh, pumped up to do what he's doing. That's that's definitely why we go into it. You, you know, a lot of us are like he was and, and myself where we played sports as growing up as kids. And, you know, you want to still be part of the sports world, but, you know, your athletic days are uh, waned. Either you finish college or finish a professional career. Now you want to do something else. And I feel like that's what I get to do in sports medicine. I always say that I have the greatest job in the world when on every Friday and Saturday night I get to tell my wife I'm going to a football game. It's just the greatest thing on the planet. And I have to because it's my job. You know, you can tell he's a super smart guy because our producer is an athletic trainer and he talked yes. glowingly about athletic trainers. Like, that's a smart dude, right? He's yes. like, all right, I'm going to get I'm going to throw a bone. Yeah, to these athletic trainer. But yeah, cool guy. Uh, you know, Barrel Neurological is legit. They do a lot of work with concussions, as we talked about. And uh, he works with Dr. Javier Cardenas. They work with the NFL and all a bunch of different teams and things and cover a lot of the a lot of the uh, sports teams in Arizona. So good guy and uh, ex football player. It's good. It's good that he recognizes, hey, we do want to make it safer. But, you know, he was he didn't say anything negative necessarily, but he said there's a difference between playing football, basketball, baseball, hockey, volleyball and being on the gaming team. Yes. You know, because because they are offering scholarships to to play EA sports. Yeah. And they're they're probably going to become an NCAA division one sporting event is gaming. I tell my son all the time, if you continue playing those games. You're gonna have great thumbs and no personality. Now turn that thing off. Let's go hit the baseball. So that's what I always tell them. That's just that's just where I'm at in my career. You know, I'm old. It makes me old and stodgy. My son hates me for it, but uh, you know, you want to have more than uh, just good thumbs as you get older. But yeah, there's there's some good things you can learn from gaming as well. I think the visual part of it is pretty good. He's really quick on some of those things because it's such yeah. a good visual. But yeah, overall, I'd rather it's be a brain going a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But it also isolates a little bit too. Isolates and puts you in a little room. There's no activity. Doesn't get. Uh, Nothing, uh, no cardiovascular, no aerobic activity going on. So, yeah, overall, I'd much rather be out playing the sport. What do you think about, like, like poker? Like, you know, poker's on ESPN. I don't understand stuff. it. I've always what, said, why is, you... game, why is a board game on ESPN? Why is that considered a sport? I know I'm probably offending a large audience that there's a lot of poker players. I'm not even against poker. I love poker. But I don't know why it's on ESPN. I just don't get it. I, I, I mean, it's a game, right? Why don't we put well, Yahtzee? On ESPN Let's put Yahtzee 20... on there. Yes, it's on ESPN because they're 24-7. they got to fill some time, right? Yeah, to be yeah. Honest. But – 
I well, I just think it's funny when like it's on a sports station and yeah. some dude wins a hand and it's like you know yeah he got it I get it the numbers he played it correctly but it's luck at the end what comes up you know but he had the numbers and then some big overweight dude who looks like he hasn't like worked out in like his life jumps I'm like yeah you got like celebrating <laughs> yeah. I, I'm probably getting in trouble with some people that listen to it but I just start cracking up I'm just like dude relax you're gonna give yourself a stroke yeah I don't know why it's on ESPN or sports stations and not uh you know, game show stations. That's what it is. It's a game, really. So, anyway, yeah. Just yeah. my opinion. We digress. Hey, we're getting back to sports medicine here. Hey, remember I told you last week that Steven Strasburg was the first guy I'd ever seen that actually hit three guys with one pitch? Hey, two guys. Yeah, three he, guys. Yeah. He, yeah, hit the batter. The ball bounces off the batter, hits the catcher, and then it bounces off the catcher and hits the umpire in the face. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever seen that in baseball. He did it again this week. Strasburg did? Strasburg hit three guys on the same pitch. He did it two weeks in a row. What are the odds of that, man? Something you've never seen in baseball. Not good. And then you see it done twice in one week. Absolutely. And the same pitcher did it. Something, same guy. Yeah. It's amazing. He had three guys. Yeah. All three you think went he's down. He's trying again. to do it now. If I'm him, I'm doing it every game. I'm trying to jack somebody and hit it off their bat and hit the catcher and then hit the umpire every game now. Yeah, Why you're not? not playing for anything. Maybe you could jack it so fast <laughs> it hits the batter, the catcher, the umpire at a correct angle and goes over and hits the guy in the on-deck circle. Yeah. Can we ricochet off the <laughs> face mask of the umpire? Hey, uh, our, our uh, board uh, engineer here, uh, Sergio Chacon, he's our soccer super stud as well. He's been on, on Docs of Jocks. Sergio actually went this week to uh, see his beloved Chicago Bears play. He flew from uh, Texas up to see Chicago play in his home uh, home stadium. Soldier Field and was stunned by how fast and athletic Khalil Mack is. This guy is a game changer, is how he put it. He said he just would bull rush the left tackle into the quarterback. That's how good he was. And uh, I really, uh, there are people that are genetic freaks and uh, physical freaks, and I feel like Khalil Mack falls into that category. What a game changer, man. If you saw that game this week, he was, he was killing them. So are you thinking that the Raiders were dumb not to give him whatever he wanted? You know, I don't know. It's a fine line. Where does that stop? You know, so you'd give it to Khalil Mack, and then your next best player, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to say Derek Carr has a great year. Suddenly he wants more money. Do you give him more money too? And where does it end? Where does the merry-go-round get off? I understand owner trying to say, hey, we've got a contract. This is what we're paying you. We're not going to give you more money. Or if we go down this slippery slope, it's never going to end. So I see both sides of the story. Khalil Mack thinks he needs more money. Yeah, should they pay more money if they want to have a great football team? Yes. Do they? Should they pay more money if they want to have a great business? No. So it's hard. I guess, I, guess, I mean, how many times do you think a de- one defensive player actually changes a team in a frame? I mean, J.J. Watt was one of the best defensive, and they never won anything, right? I yeah. mean, how, how often can – I guess that's where you, you wonder. I mean, I, I think of Lawrence Taylor – Maybe Derek Thomas as the only two guys I can off the top of my head think of like 100% change the way another team played and uh, like yeah. won games defensively. Uh, Dick Buckus was probably in that category. Uh, Vince Lombardi, the great coach, but one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time, in his book, uh, When when Pride Still Matters, uh, talked about he's the only guy that he game planned around game planned a for. single guy to stay keep the, try and keep the ball off of him or always have somebody extra blocking him. So there's always been a few of those through the – History of the game. Khalil Max in there. Another great Chicago Bears linebacker, uh, Brian Erlacher, was honored this week uh, by yeah. his Chicago Bears fans after he went in the Hall of Fame. I still remember, and this is uh, for the Arizona fans out there who yeah. are listening to Ferris, the uh, game on Monday Night Football. Arizona Cardinals are up big. Uh, they go, they, they start losing it in the second half. Erlacher goes off, has a great game, 
and they asked him after the game, the post-game interview, uh, why were you able to make so many tackles? And he leaned in close to the microphone and goes, they didn't block me. And he leaned back up, and that was his uh, words of wisdom. But, yeah, yeah, the great Erlacher was one of those guys as well. Yeah, but there are very few game changers, and if you are will- if you have one, trying to keep him on your team is probably worthwhile. Well, do you remember where Brian Erlacher went in the uh, 2000 draft? Because he was out of New Mexico, and he was a tweener, right? They didn't think yeah. he was big enough to play linebacker or fast enough to play safety. Or I don't corner. know who that scout was, but he needs to be fired. I can tell you that. I Everybody I mean- thought that. <laughs> Eight teams passed on him. He wow. went number nine. Wow. Uh, Court, Courtney Brown went one. LeVar Arrington went two. Chris Samuels, who, went three. He's off the line. Peter Warwick went fourth. Jamal Lewis went fifth. Corey Simon went sixth. And Thomas Jones went to your Arizona Cardinals seventh. Plaxico Burris went eighth. Can you imagine what a difference uh, having uh, Brian Urlacher on the Cardinals instead of Thomas Jones would have made? <laughs> that would have been a game changer. They could have, They passed on Brian Urlacher, and a few years later they passed on Adrian Peterson. Oh. Oh, that's a, that's a Oops. Point. Yeah. You could have Peterson and Erlacher on the same team, man. That would Oops. have been a good combo. Yeah, so I mean there are some of those guys that are that are game changers. Um I just I just I just the way the game is now, it's almost like you gotta give that money to the offensive guys. Almost like in baseball. If you're gonna do it, you gotta give it like to a pitcher, you know, or something like that, because there's just not enough money to go around. Right, right. Hey, I don't know if you saw the play or not, but it's been all over the uh, sporting world uh, this year or this this last week. I mean they're calling it the unfair catch. So the University of North Texas uh, player drop, drops back, special teams player drops back to catch a punt. And uh, they practice this. And what he does, the ball goes up in the air, and he just, he doesn't raise his hand, but he kind of raises his hands in front of him to catch the ball like this. So he's not doing the one-hand fair catch thing. He's just got his hands up. All the players around him are on his team are yelling, fair catch, fair catch, and they're just standing there like they're, they're everybody's fair catching it. So he catches the ball, and there's four defenders right in front of him, and he just stops, and he's standing there. And then he takes off, and he runs it for a touchdown against University of Arkansas. They're calling it the unfair catch. University of North Texas goes on and wins. But Graham Harrell, who uh, is a, is, has been on Docs and Jocks and been our guest and been a good friend of Docs and Jocks, I wonder if he had something to do with that play because everybody who comes on Docs and Jocks tends to have a great uh, you know, great career after that. That's, that's my opinion mm-hmm. anyway. But that's a so, pretty cool play. Yeah, so they, I mean, so everybody just stopped, even though like the refs didn't blow the whistle or anything, yeah. or he never really, he just had his hands up here and, and he wow. catches it, and all his players around him just were yelling, fair catch, fair catch, and he, he catches it, and then they just all stop. So no one takes off running, none of the players are blocking. All four of the Arkansas defenders are directly in front of the guy. He just kind of starts walking slowly towards the sideline, and then he takes off down the line, and nobody can catch him. That's a yeah, cool the thing. thing about changing the rule now, did you hear that? Yeah. Why, yeah why are they gonna, because, how, how are they going to do that? Um, I did do something so you can't do that anymore. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe maybe the other guys can't talk or something. It's just because they don't like it when a North Texas beats up on a on an SEC team. <laughs> yeah. The other great play well, I've heard. You, you beat us? All right, we're going to take our ball and go home. Another great one. My friend Mark Wilson, who was on the show here, Mark played for the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, Mark said when he was coaching, I believe for Brownwood, he used this play where his punter would drop back into punt position on fourth down. And he would take the ball and act like he was going to punt, but the last second throw a really high pass, as high as he could throw it. And uh, the other team uh, would be down there, and they would think it was a punt, and his team would come and catch it in front of the guy and run it down because it, it, now it's fourth down. It's a catch, right? So the other team yeah. would think it was a, uh, uh, you know, a high ball that they were going to fair catch. So even if the other team fair catches it right there and your team misses it, they still you're going to down him right there. You're going to tackle the guy right there, and he's down, right? You're not going to fair catch it, but it's a pass. It's an interception. So it's kind of like a punt. Or your guy catches it and takes it to the house. And uh, that play worked for Mark Wilson. That's another trick play on a punt. 
Yeah, they said that uh, they're saying, you know, oh, remember, you know, you, you don't have to have a whistle. It's not required for a play to be dead. And this is pure deception, which is frowned upon. I'm like, well, here's <laughs> what's a fake? What's a fake handoff? That's pure deception. Is yeah. that frowned upon? What's a boot? I mean, come on. Who was it? Up. It was it was the NFL Hogs. this week that somebody was laying down in the end zone on a kickoff. The guy catches the kickoff on one side. The guy laying down the end zone takes off and he throws it across the field. He takes it to the house, but it ended up being he threw it in front of the line of scrimmage. You know, he threw it forward, not back, so he got called back. But literally, the other kickoff guy was laying in the back of the end zone. That's deception. That's what it's all about. I think it'd be great. They get rid of deception like they do a reverse, and the guys yeah. say, hey, not fair. I thought he was going that way. That's not fair. What is a fake handoff? What is a fake handoff? That's deception, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I thought he gave the ball to that guy. That's not fair. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, they're just better deceivers than uh, Arkansas was, apparently. So, yeah, no, I, I think he was a great player. Or it could just I be like, like Larry Bird and Michael Jordan, where you say, I'm going to shoot from right there, and I'm going to beat you, I'm and then you just do it. Just That's not deception. Yeah, just shove yeah. it down their throats, just, yeah. Just, just or, you know, exactly the great one in baseball was the College World Series. You know, the, they, the very first time they did it, they do a fake pickoff play where the pitcher pretends like he's throwing it away over the first baseman's head and all the relief pitchers because the pitching mount, the bullpen is on the field for some dumb reason. We just talked about that earlier in the show. The pitcher sitting in, the relief pitcher sitting on the bench all scatter, scatter like the ball's there. The guy takes off to second base thinking the ball's out in the outfield and they turn and they throw him out because the pitcher's got the ball. Yeah, so, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of deception. That's, that's what great part of sports, man. You try and figure out ways that your opponent can't figure out that you're trying to get them out. So I love it, man. I bet the next time that guy went back for a punt, Arkansas just lit him up. <laughs> oh, I bet they did. Fair catch or no yes. fair catch. Like, oh, I didn't know you were single oh, for one. Oh, dude, <laughs> wouldn't that have been something if he tried to fair catch and Arkansas lit him up? That like, been... no, 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 oh, no, yeah. no. This is yeah. a free shot. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Hey, it looks like Carson Wentz is going to be back this week, so he's been practicing the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback who had his ACL, LCL injury. We talked earlier uh, with uh, Adam Stites with uh, SBNation.com. Uh, you could go there and listen to that interview. We talked about that. But I'm glad to see him back, Ferris. I love the, the young guys who are making a statement in the NFL, like Carson Wentz. I'm always glad when they're coming back from injury. Yeah, I mean, they won a Super Bowl without the yeah. guy, but he was on pace to be the MVP. So yeah. uh, huge for them to get him back. I would surmise that they didn't. They, they won the Super Bowl with him and Foles, that they don't even get the chance to get there unless he has no. that MVP season to get him into the playoffs, which then Foles got him the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, hey, we got one more set, one more segment here on Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. We're so glad you listened to us here. Remember, you can listen to us as well on our Docs and Jocks iTunes podcast. We'll be right back with more Docs and Jocks. And Jocks, brought to you in part by Joe Walker State Farm Insurance, Visual Edge, and Texas Sport and Spine. Touchdown. Now back to more Docs and Jocks with Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. Man, it's so great to have you part of our show today. Hey, remember, anytime, anywhere, you can listen to us by going to docsandjocks.com, D-O-X-N-J-O-X.com, and find out how to follow us there on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our iTunes podcast, our podcast arena podcast. Man, you'd love to have you part of our show any way you can. Myself, Dr. Dan, as well as my co-host, Ferris Potter, the voice of Grand Canyon University. Hey, Ferris, so we were talking uh, during the commercial break there. We were talking about uh, David Goggins, one of the uh, greatest. They, they call him uh, like a Navy SEAL super stud. And uh, mm. what does he do every month to uh, just keep himself uncomfortable? What would you say? You know, he hates swimming. And so to be a SEAL, you got to swim. And so they, they actually put you in the pool with your, your feet tied and yeah. your hands tied behind your back. And you have to stay afloat for like 30 minutes or whatever. So now, even though he's out of the SEALs, just because he thinks it's good to do things that make you uncomfortable – I saw him on Instagram. He ties himself up and he kind of just scoots off the end of a dock in a lake and just 
<laughs> he's just out in the middle oh, of the lake. Well, and my response to that was, I don't, I don't even like taking cold showers. So, I mean, oh. uh, yeah, he's such a man compared to me, man. Crazy. Crazy. But we're trying, we're efforting to get on uh, Jesse Itzler, who is uh, wrote the book called uh, Living with a Seal. And that's where he goes in and live with David Goggins to learn how to run 100 miles. And, uh, yeah, the SEAL mentality is something that's amazing. I listen to Team Never Quit, uh, Marcus Luttrell, uh, who was a Texas boy, as uh, Dave Rutherford. But those are a couple of cool dudes. You kind of get the insight of, a, of the Navy SEAL mindset. So, And then uh, my good buddy here, Tag Deuce, is the one who introduced me to taking cold showers after uh, I heard on Team Never Quit this guy does this breathing technique and he says taking cold showers teaches you to breathe breathe better i did yeah. it for about two weeks i'm like dude man i don't know about breathing better but i'm freezing <laughs> so my biggest problem is i can't get it, the water i tried to put like ice in my bathtub out here and stuff and i'm oh, in arizona man. so it's like i gotta get an ice maker get a Dr. <laughs> ice maker so i can take the cold yeah you well, do the cryo though the cryo thing kind I've of kind of gets you there quicker right yeah it does it does uh internally uh, cools you down yeah cryo usa yeah. is one of the companies i think we had their ceo on talking about what it does but yeah we had that inside uh our, the forge abilene by the way if you ever want to try out the forge abilene man great things going on here just go to forgeabilene.com if you're in our listening audience and uh, want to come check it out and see if it might be the place to train for you but it's basically a small group setting with a, a personal coach and trainer at every visit so go try out the forgeabilene.com man. And, and we'd love to have you part of my uh, workout i do in the evenings or you can come early in the mornings or at noon they got every time different time of workout they have uh free child care. So, man, we'd love to be part of our show that way. We'd like you being part of our show anyway and every way you can. So, uh, man, thanks to all our great listeners. Thanks for making our podcast, uh, Docs and Jocks, D-O-X and J-O-X, one of the fast-growing podcasts out there. Man, thanks to all our wonderful listeners. We'll be back next week. Myself, Dr. Dan, and Ferris Potter, the voice of Grand Canyon University. We'll see you, so, see you next week. So long. <laughs>